Welcome. Welcome. This is Writers of the Dawn. I'm Jay. I am Stu. And this is... Finishing the, your book. Yeah, this is the last chapter. The chapter 54. The, the last, last chapter. chapter. Now, like, uh, if you guys ever read Robert Jordan, every, uh, every Wheel of Time book ends with the same two chapter names. Yeah. The second to last chapter is always called The Wheel Turns. And the final chapter is always called the last chapter. <laughs> it's kind of epic in a way because yeah. uh, you know that you're you're cycling through to the end even by the titles, and so that's fun. And, and he begins every book the same way. It's like the wind blew over the plane. Yeah. You know, it was uh, uh, was it the beginning? It was a, a beginning. Yeah. <laughs> the time long past. You know, so it's like there's an epicness to that to that cyclical nature that you're constantly the time long past the time yet to come yeah beginning and ending the books in the same way and that also keys into what he was trying to do with uh, the setup of wheel of time so anyway we digress how should you uh, <laughs> how should you feel when you finish a book um if it's anything like how i feel it's uh, really good yeah really good to finish a book so one of the things we I don't know, how, how long ago did we decide to do this? It was like, three was weeks? it two weeks or three weeks? I think it was three it was weeks about ago. three weeks. Three weeks ago, we're like, okay, last day of work is June 2nd. That's that's the deadline. Books that's will be deadline. finished. By June 2nd. June 2nd, we will finish these books. And so I actually finished my book on, I think, Sunday night? Yeah, it was Sunday night. I get a text at like 11.30. Yeah. The I, end. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you get to the last part and it's like there's no more to write. Gotta write the end! The end. It's <laughs> awesome. It's a really good feeling. Yeah. And so, like, I, I remember feeling that way. I, I, when I finished Muramasa, I was sitting in a Starbucks. And this is, like, the most cliched place in the world <laughs> to, like, quote, write a book. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll talk some smack on it, but... Uh, I was sitting in a Starbucks not drinking coffee because I don't really like coffee and I don't really like their coffee. Uh, <laughs> I was eating a donut that I bought from them and uh, my wife was at some kind of conference um, and I just finished it and it was like, I wrote the end and um, I'm like, ah, it, it kind of fits. I, I began the book <laughs> began the book in a classroom and finished it in the Starbucks. Yeah, never um, at home. But it felt good. And, but the thing oh, was, it was like, it was one of those moments that, same thing when I finished this book. Everyone was asleep when I finished my book. No one was mm -hmm. around. I wrote the end and I was like, there's no one to share that moment with. <laughs> and, but that's kind of the life. You're, you're isolated. You're stuck in a room isolated, right? Typing on a blank screen. Yeah. Um, it's not like when you finish a, a, a composition and you play it for a bunch of people and they're like, oh my God, this is so great. Yeah, or, like, or whatever they say. But. You know, or you know, I, I don't know. Our, I feel like at least uh, Western society, it's built up on a. Uh, there's a lot of ceremony around beginnings and endings. Yeah. You know, um, there's obviously giving birth is a big deal, but we make a big deal out of weddings, mm -hmm. and we make a big deal out of funerals. Um, only when an ending is really not. You know, nobody has like a divorce party. Right. <laughs> well, some people do. Some people. Do, I don't think they call it a party, it's, but it's a, maybe a celebration of some kind. Yeah. So you know, there's not really divorce parties, um, 
but you know, we, we tend to celebrate beginnings and endings. We have graduations. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, everybody's having their high school graduation uh, today or tomorrow, or maybe they had it last week or whatever. Um, so there's graduations. You, you've completed your college degree. It's you're at the end, and so we celebrate the end. Yeah. Um, but if you're in this business, the first of all, the end isn't the end. But yeah. we don't we don't really celebrate it. There's there's not that many people. You know, you don't really get to have like a, a book party. Um, yeah, especially people, in the market the way it is, because you're not selling it to your community. You're selling it to the global community. Yeah, on the internet. Yeah, you're trying to sell it to the to the readers who want to read your type of book, which are usually, actually, usually not your family, because um, your family has their own tastes. Uh, but yep. you know, it's like people have CD release parties. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any book release parties. I don't know. Someone's probably. I mean, no, they exist. They they definitely exist, especially for big publishers. Um, but you don't have it with your family. You have it with people in the industry who care about the care book. about the book yeah they have some kind of like vested interest in the book being successful so it's kind of like sending off a ship you break the, break, break the bottle on it christen it and send it off with well wishes yeah and one of the things I think when we go back let's if we travel back in time to our very first podcast it was called the writing process and the whole the whole point of what we we're trying to make was, was just that Writing is a process, and people tend to overzealously begin and get lost. Yeah. And uh, we we celebrate beginnings and endings, but we don't think about the process that creates the thing. We don't celebrate all the little milestones in between. We probably need to do more of that. Yeah. Or really, just I guess make a habit or a habit out of the process. And that's that's really what we were trying to get get at in the first podcast, but. People romanticize the idea of being an author, and to be an author, you have to have books. And so you you fall in love with this idea that I'll have a published book, and there's going to be this book out there with my name on it, and I'm going to be really happy about that. Yeah, and then what, yeah, let's don't let's dig one one layer deeper. Yeah, why do people want to have a book out there with their name on it? They want so, people to love them. Yes, I want people to love me. Um, but people won't love you just because you wrote a book. They won't. Most like that's the other thing. You know, we talk a lot about marketing because marketing is, you know, it doesn't matter if you wrote the best book ever written because if nobody sees it, then did you did you actually write it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, you'll know that you wrote it, but will anyone else? Or will anyone else care? Yeah. Um, so when we were deciding to, they we're like, we're gonna finish, we're gonna finish these books. Yeah. This. Uh, this month. We're going to finish it by, by the end of school by June 2nd. One of the things we had to do was then generate the process that was going to create that goal. Yeah. So I know that the first thing I did was say, okay, I think I'm this far into this book. It's I think it's going to be this number of words. That means that I need to do this number of words per day to be done. Yeah. Um, and so we've kind of figured it out. It was going to be 2,000 words a day, every day. No skip days. No skipping. And, you know, there were days that basically I couldn't get 2,000 words in, and the next day... You had to make up for it. You had to make up for it. I had to write 4,000 or 3,500. And the last three or four days I wrote, I was doing five to... I was doing well over 5,000 words a day yeah. to get to the end Well, of the and you finished finish. a week early, too. Yeah, so. that's, that's why I finished a week yeah. early. Because I just, like, 
I exploded at the end. It's kind of like running a marathon, right? Yeah. You're running a marathon, and you get to like the, you, you crest the hill, or like you run around the edge of the of the road, and you see Honolulu there, and you know that there's only so many miles left in the Ironman marathon. And then you and just like, with no energy, you steam ahead. Yeah, you steam ahead, you steam ahead. and you, you, because when you see the finish line, there's this, um, there's this thing, and I don't know if anybody watching has ever done, you know, done like a long distance race. When you, when the finish line is in sight, you have this clear understanding of the exact amount of energy, you know, that you don't have to worry about. I have to conserve anything. Yeah. You know, you know that you're at the end, and you can give literally everything that's left yeah. and finish. What was uh, that movie where? Uh, there's this really famous line that I oh, always Gattaca. think of. Yeah, Gattaca. Uh, oh, the God. brother. The we brother should talk the, about Gattaca on one of these. The brother and the, the yeah, yeah his, the two brothers. They like they keep doing this this, this race, race out in the ocean, in the ocean to, to to get out to the pier, and yeah. the the main character always loses except for the very last time. He wins. He wins, and he ha- he ends up having to to car- uh, not carry but right. drag his drag his brother back from the yeah. ocean and save his brother. And the background for that, if you've never seen Gattaca, his his younger brother is genetically engineered and he is not. Yeah. And so there's basically people who aren't genetically engineered in this in this setting are like the underclass. Yeah. They're weaker and and so his brother asks him at the end, how did you how did you do all this? I mean how did you how did you beat me but how did you do all the great things you did? He got a job at like NASA and was gonna go fly into space and he had performed like 20 million keystrokes without a single error in yeah. all these things. How did you do this? And he said, I never saved anything for the trip back. Yeah, and that's so brilliant because it's every stroke they went out, they had to They had to know to, that they had to swim, swim that back. much back. Yeah. So it's uh, it's such a great allegory for for life and for finishing and accomplishing things because if you're always concerned about about what happens after the process, then you'll never finish the process. And like there's this point in Return of the King in the movie where Sam's talking to Frodo and he goes I've managed it so there should should be enough. And Frodo says, enough for what? This is the journey home, of course. And then Frodo laughs at him because he says there, there is not going home. There's no journey home. Yeah. This is the end of the line for us. And that's, you know, that's the this, like, dark night of the soul where Sam realizes that they're probably going to die. Yeah, that there is no journey home, but they, there's no option but to complete. Uh, it's really... So it's it's scary, but it's also this great feeling. Typing those last couple words. And now the end also means, as a writer, there's going to be revisions. you got to go back and revise. But that first completion is such a big deal. Yeah, it's always better to have a bad, complete manuscript than to never finish the book. That's a that's something you got to live by. You, you have to push off and finish something, good or bad. Because and, and if you're if you're new at this or you're new at whatever you're doing, if you're if you're working on your art, you know, let's say you're 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 working on being a painter or something like that. You're working on being a painter. You have to finish that first painting before you can take a step back and evaluate the successes and failures of what you did along the way. And that first painting may not be, in fact, it's almost certainly not going to be your best painting. Uh, It may be something that you are not particularly proud of, but the next iteration, the next time you do that painting, and and classical painters used to paint the same picture multiple times. 
it, they, it, they iterate it. So they, they do a sketch, they do a painting, they repaint it, they repaint it until it came a certain way. And I'm trying to remember this romantic period painter. He painted literally the same painting like 10 times. And it was this painting of, it's called the Isle of the Dead. You know, it's like this, this imagining of this island full of tombs and stuff. And he did it a bunch of different times. And each time he did it, it had like a different character to it. I don't know why he was obsessed with that image, but he did it like 10 different times. And as as you look at the first one and the later ones, it's like a massive improvement over the image that's in his mind and making it real on, on that the piece of canvas. If somebody remembers the artist's name, it's just, it's not in my head right now, but somebody who knows art history is probably like, I know oh, who I that, that is. Guy. Yeah, I know who that is. That's a famous series of paintings, you know. Um, so if you're a painter, it's the same thing. It's like, you, gotta, you have to complete it before you abandon it. And if you complete it, then it's at least you know, okay, well, I, this thing that I thought mattered didn't matter. Like, you know, maybe you were obsessing over the hands and it just didn't matter. And like, this other thing that I didn't think about, that ended up being the bad part of the painting. So when I repaint it, it's the same thing with writing. So you get to the end and you read the manuscript, you're like, okay, well, I don't think that part was as good as I thought it was. This part was better than I thought it was. Yeah. Now, yeah. when I think of any kind of art, I always think about the idea you have in your head, you're trying your best to recreate that perfectly onto the page. So as a writer, you're taking your story, and you're trying to synthesize it onto a page. But what you're doing is you're taking uh, an incomprehensible medium, your thought, and you're putting it to a, a something that other people can understand, a book. And whenever you do that, you're never gonna do it perfectly. So it's just, uh, this is kind of like a metaphysical idea of like moving things from the platonic realm into the, into the real world. Um, and every time you do that, you're getting better at communicating what you're thinking um, onto the page. So each iteration is gonna make you better at doing that. And that's really important. You know, if you're an artist, if you're a musician, if you're, if you're a novelist, business honestly if you're if you're doing anything that is involved in refining this this uh, thought to reality process if you're an engineer it's the same thing right if you're if you're an engineer each time you work on designing whatever thing you're working on you're going to get better at that thing um, regardless of what it is I talked about I don't know I was using aeronautical engineering the other day um, you know, the first plane you design may be really hard to design, and you know, it's specs are not as good as you wanted, and then you design another plane, and then like, before you know it, you, you can crank out like a really, really good design of whatever you happen to be thinking about. I don't know, whatever, whatever things you design, um, you get better at it time. And I, I, this is something that I started to do really recently, um, and any kind of artistic self-help help book will talk about this, which is this idea of doing affirmations. Um, where you're, you're kind of telling yourself that you are gonna do this thing that you're gonna do. And um, there's a really famous one called The Artist's Way, which I think is so hokey and really stupid, honestly. Uh, so if you read The Artist's Way, maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I mean, it's worth looking at. I, I think it's kind of stupid. But an affirmation is basically you committing to doing a project, to finishing a project. And every time you say it, every time you say it out loud, you're 
reinforcing this metaphysical idea, this thing in your head, with reality. You're like, I'm going to finish this book. I'm going to finish this book. And every time you say that, you're you're forcing yourself to really be committed to the project. Um, it's not magic. It's not like God is looking down on you and saying, hmm, he keeps saying these prayers out loud. I think... Uh, think uh, I'm going to grant his wish, right? It's not. Yeah, it's, it's really about making you do it. It's yeah. kind of like hypnosis. Like yeah, you're self-hypnotizing. Yeah, and well, even, you know, people don't get hypnotized. They hypnotize themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you have to believe it for, like, for it to work. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an internal thing. So, uh, we talked about starting with the goal and then going back to the process. Mm-hmm. That 2,000 words a day, it's like, I, I'm doing this. I'm achieving this goal. 2,000 words closer getting these 2,000 words in and doing it. Yeah. And so every single time you do it, you're like, failure is not an option. Yeah. So you just, you do it. Yeah. You know, you, you get it done. And, uh, and then you see the goal materialize before you. Uh, and that's a really, really good feeling is to, is to have that sort of completion. Uh, one of the things I... Uh, I noticed in this process was that it was easy. This was the easiest yeah. book, and I started this book late March, actually. And I'm trying to remember when I started it. It was. It was. It was late. It was March. pretty late. It, I think I started it like at the very end of March, which means that I got this book written at 110,000 words in two months, which is really good. Uh, that's averaging, you know, 2,000 words a day, pretty much close to that. Probably a little bit less because there were days that I didn't work consistently on it or I was only doing a thousand words for a while Um, it was I I can honestly say especially once I got past the first about 15,000 words it was the easiest book I've ever written Uh, this is the easiest time I've ever had going from concept to completing project which is great because I've I've had a lot of difficulty getting the quality that I wanted out of my last couple of books those things to materialize. And what will this, this be your third book, fourth book? This will be the fourth book I've published. Yeah. I have more waiting. The, the first three books I wrote, the first book I wrote was not that hard. It was easy because I just because the youthful adventure was there. The second book is just a continuation of the first, so that was also pretty easy. And felt like I needed a break from that series, which I've never released. And I'll probably put it out maybe at the beginning of next year, maybe at the end of this year I'll put out the first one. We'll see how quickly I can do the rights and revisions, you know. Um, then I wrote Muramasa, and Muramasa was really tough to write. And it was tough to write not because I wasn't excited or because I had some kind of energy issue, but because I was writing in late Muramasa period Japan as a setting. And I, I'm a stickler, and I really wanted that setting to be correct. And so I did a ton of research before I was writing it and as I was writing it to make sure that this setting worked. And I really tried to do what Stephen King says, which is the research should be so far in the background that the reader is not aware of it, that it's that that the characters are really from that setting and exist in that setting, and that's how. That's what gives They're not reality. expositional of the setting yeah, because exactly. they just they just live there. Yeah, and so I got a lot of great feedback on Muramasa. It's like this is so historically accurate. This is so different 
from the crap that I usually read that doesn't know anything about Japan or, or the feudal period in Japan. Um, so I just really nailed the history of it. And I'm like, that felt good because that's where I directed my energy. Yeah. And, I, and I always have doubts. You have doubts like, did I direct my energy properly? Yeah. Um, and in this, for this book, I'll just, I'll, I'll go over this again, I guess, in my own video. I was writing this book called The Walk at Dusk, and it was really hard to write. And there was a bunch of reasons it was hard to write. It was a story that I conceived of a long time ago, and I've been wanting, wanting to write for a while. But it was really hard to write because it's a horror book, and bad things happen. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard sometimes to write bad things happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I ran into the same problem as I was finishing Immortal Fear, is that characters died. And it's really hard for characters to write characters dying. Um, as I was writing the end, I uh, it was it was sat both satisfying and heartbreaking uh, in a really good way. And uh, you know, making sure that everything is set up because it's a, it's going to be a, a trilogy, and it's so I have to make sure that everything's set up for the next two books. And I think I think it is. I think they're set up really well. What I noticed, and the big thing that I wanted to, to go over, this is my big advice for people like me. Um, I have been, I've spent my entire life as just a, a perfectionist. And it has so destroyed my productivity uh, because I, I agonize over every single detail. Um, but I learned, I learned two really important lessons with this, with this sprint that we did here at the end of school. The first was the importance of of a dedicated outline. Um, I did, yeah. I spent the first, the first week of our sprint was me just making, just taking the, the outline out of my head and putting it onto the, excuse me, onto the page. And as soon as I did that, all of my, like, whereas before, every time I would sit down to write, it would take me 20 to 30 minutes to actually start putting any words on the page because I had to go through, like, the catalog in my brain. Think of about how, how the story was. Yeah, how is the story progressing from here? Okay, I, you know, and I was, re I'm really stubborn. I'm not very organized. So I, I hate writing stuff down, except for when I'm, that's the goal. Uh, so doing that, one, made, made me... It gave me the ability to work in very small intervals because I could pick up, I could open up my laptop and have 15 minutes to, to blow and spend 15 minutes writing. Whereas before it's like, well, like, I have 15 minutes. I'm just going to think about my story. I'm not going to put any words in the page. That was so detrimental to my yeah. process. So that's a huge correction I, I've made in my process. The second is, the second really important thing is this perfectionist idea is I would look. I would look back, and I'd read like the previous two paragraphs that I'd written to get into the to to kind of get in force the momentum. Yeah, into the into the rest of the story as a, as I would start writing again, and I would I would stop myself because whereas before I would look back and I would say ah, I don't really like how this is worded. I'm gonna make this. I need my prose to be better here, and it would just again just kill my progress so this time when i would notice that i would say that's cool i'll get it in editing yeah <laughs> and just keep writing because i realized that even though i felt like maybe my my sentence structures weren't great maybe i had some grammatical problems i definitely had had spelling errors but the less i paid attention to that 
the more that I could get to those plot points that are actually what satisfies readers yeah, in, what matters. in the story. So even if even if my prose aren't aren't perfect, and and I know they're going to get better when I go do go through and do my first rewrite. Um, I, but the book is finished, and that's what's so important. The book is finished. Yeah. Um, and if I was if I was still concerned about my prose in every single sentence, I would still be halfway through the book, like I had been for a long time. I've spent a long time on this book, and mostly because my process hasn't been ironed out. And I really felt like I made some huge strides in fixing my process. Yeah, I can uh, I can definitely uh, reiterate the importance of having an outline. Which is just knowing what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's what it is, and a lot of writers stall out because they don't know what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be in that position. So, for this story, I'm a I'm a plot guy, and I tend to really out, I tend to outline plots fairly broadly, and then um, then fill in the details as I'm writing. So I'm not I'm really not a gardener. I'm an architect for sure. And, um, and to counterpoint that, I detailed my outline really specifically and then deviated from it where I thought it was necessary. Yeah, because sometimes when you're, in, when you're writing the prose, you're like, I kind of want this detail. And, yeah. and so I, I put in the, all, the big, all the big plot points and then I would sort of on the fly generate the, the, tiny, little, the tiny little points that need to happen probably every 500 or 1,000 words. About every thousand words, you need to have something happen to keep the reader interested. That's that's any sort of two pages on a book. Yeah, uh, that's what's gonna you know keep people say it's a real page turner. What they mean is something's happening every page. Yeah, which makes me want to go to the next page and see what happens next. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's 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 my process. And so having a really thorough outline for this one really, it was great. Yeah. My uh, during this sprint, my my sort of mental thing was really just um, kind of letting go so I, I my writing improved in this way is that I, I really let go of, of trying to control my style and I just wrote in the way that I knew my style was and yeah. that just made it way easier because when you're trying to control your style or write in a really particular style you're going to be agonizing over every word choice word order mm -hmm. if you just write in your style so this, the, the prose on, on this new book is going to be a lot like Muramasa, which is just my style. Um, so if you like that one, that this is going to be a good one. Um, that, we're, we're out of time, so. I know. I feel like there's so much more to say. For the last chapter. But that sometimes you get to the end and it's the end. It's the end. Um, my book's called Water of Awakening. It will be, the pre-orders will be out shortly. So stay tuned for that. You can find links for my email list down below if you want advanced copies or free books and advanced copies of that one, possibly, if you want to read it and review it. Um, my, uh, my book is called Immortal Fear. Uh, Pre-orders will be out probably in July because I'm waiting on my, my cover designer. Um, and I'm going to do a big cover reveal. I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, my cover's already out. If you already are my Facebook friend, you've seen it, but I'll, I'll reveal it in the video special, yeah. special for this. Yeah, the cover reveal is really exciting. Yeah, I'm really um, excited about my cover. And I'm really excited to get this book out. Um, again, links, and links down below. Yeah, you and can find me at dbspress.com, dbstuart.com. You can find me at matthewjwellman.com. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And uh, we're going to be doing a new format from here on out. Yeah, because we're not going to be commuting anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun for us, and hopefully fun for you guys. See you All next right. time. The end. <laughs> <laughs>